From BYU Broadcasting's Performance Studio, this is Highway 89. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Today is Piano Day, and we're going to run the gamut of pieces from France to England to the U.S. and back again to France. Taking us on this musical journey are three marvelous pianists from the University of Utah. Each one of them is either currently pursuing or about to pursue their master's degree in piano performance, and I dare say they are spending as much time every day practicing as most of their fellow, fellow students spend on homework, Facebook, and Netflix combined. We might even talk about that. In the order we'll hear them, our pianists are Kate Poulton, Sasha Bainson, and Candace Winterton. I'm excited to get to know them and to hear the music they prepared. We'll start with Kate Poulton playing the first movement of the Suite pour le Piano, or Suite for the Piano by Claude Debussy, a piece that's said to evoke the gongs and the mystery of the Indonesian island of Java.
You're listening to Highway 89. We just heard Prelude, the first movement of Claude Debussy's Suite for Piano, performed by Kate Poulton, one of three master students from the U of U playing for us today. Kate was born and raised in Bountiful, Utah. She's been studying the piano for 18 years, and she has a whole wall full of superior ratings from various competitions. And besides working on her master's in piano performance at the University of Utah, she's also been part of various other piano workshops, including the Jacobs School of Music at IU in Bloomington, Indiana. Kate, thank you for playing for us today. It was a pleasure. I can see that you have 10 fingers, but I was wondering why you were playing. <laughs> I, that, are there more than 10 notes on some of those sections? You know there are. <laughs> <laughs> fingers are sharing keys. Yes, they are, yeah. <laughs> that was exciting to watch. Now, you, the piece you chose by Debussy was written at a time he seemed to care less and less about what everybody thought and more and more about what his vision was. And... This this whole new kind of music at the time that was pretty groundbreaking. When you're playing something, an impressionistic piece like this, is it different than Beethoven or Mozart, learning the notes yeah. and what you emphasize? And it's absolutely different. Um, it reminds me of a lesson I had with my professor, Professor Lenora Brown at the U. And I was playing this piece for her, and she told me, Kate, it sounds too perfect. And I said, what do you mean? I thought that's what we wanted. <laughs> She said, no, I don't want to be able to hear every single note. I want to be able to hear the overall, the general idea. And to me, with Beethoven, you have to hear every note. You've got to have it clean. It's got to be all there. But with Debussy, it almost has to be a little messy for it to be Debussy. More like a watercolor, maybe. Than yeah. Than... Where the lines are blurry, they're not quite clean cut. Interesting. Yeah. I'm just trying so hard to picture a, a, a teacher saying, no, no, don't play it less well, <laughs> no. which is not really what she meant, but she wanted something else yeah. else from it. So uh, the second movement is Saraband, which we won't hear for time considerations, but you've chosen the Takata, the third movement that we'll hear from you next from this same suite. But we read that you had really had issues with the tempo. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me the story. Absolutely. Um, my professor suggested that I learn this piece, and I was really excited. I always love fast pieces, and I'd heard recordings on YouTube that were extremely fast, and I was ambitious. You know, I can do it, and then I started playing it, and I thought, I can't do it, <laughs> <laughs> and for about two months, every week, I told my professor, I just don't know if I can do this. I can't play it at that speed, and she said, Kate, you're not supposed to play it at that speed because your performance is your performance, and lots of people think that when you play it fast, you're good, but you compromise the musicality and you rush over things that really should be enjoyed. And so I began to find a balance between speed and musicality and how I confuse those two together and have the audience enjoy both. Well, let's hear what you came up with. <laughs> All right. Let's hear this third movement. This is Takata, the third movement of this piano suite, Suite for, for Piano by Claude Debussy.
We just heard Kate Poulton performing the third movement of Claude Debussy's Suite for the piano live on Highway 89. Those undulating, rippling wash of sound that is Debussy. Beautifully done, Kate. Sasha Bainton has played piano. Bainson has played piano throughout the state of Utah for 18 years. She has a bachelor's degree in piano performance from Southern Utah University, and she'll soon receive her master's from the University of Utah. And as an undergrad, she won the Performer of the Year Award and she's been accepted to both the U of U and the Royal College of Music in London as a doctoral candidate. Sasha, so glad you're here. Thank you for the opportunity. In the intro, I mentioned a, a lot of time spent practicing, and I, I could ask any of you this, but I picked you. Okay. <laughs> so does it still feel like a really big sacrifice to spend the amount of time that you need to take out of your life to put onto the piano to succeed the way that you wish to? Honestly, yes, it does. Um a master's degree, imagine like a business degree. You have uh -huh. classes, you have papers, you have homework. But then imagine needing to get minimum three hours a day on your instrument. And for the most part, I actually did struggle finding um, three hours minimum each day devoted to just me and my instrument, not mm. letting anything else get in the way. And um, so, yeah, it's actually kind of hard. <laughs> <laughs> But you feel like it's worth it. Oh, of course it's worth it. Absolutely. When you perform, when you know you have a 60-minute performance coming up, you want to actually put in more than three hours a day because you want to sound amazing. Well, tell me about uh, your choice of composer today. This is British composer Samuel Coleridge Taylor, not yes. to be confused with the English poet Samuel Coleridge. That's, nope. You know, Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, yeah. Kublai Khan, all of that. So tell me why you picked him and his work. Um, I... Last year when I was doing my first master's recital, I wanted something really soulful. I wanted something, I was doing Beethoven, I was doing Ravel, and I just wanted a different dimension to add to my recital. And so I actually Googled African-American composers, and I just clicked on him first and went through his works. And then I saw his um, 24 Negro spirituals, looked at some of the titles, and I recognized um, some of them. I had actually accompanied a women's choir when they sang Steal Away, the second one that mm. I'll be playing, and um, listened to the recordings, messed around with them on the piano, and I was like, I need to learn some of these. So, so I did. interesting. So he, he was born in England. He was. Mm -hmm. But what was the reception like when he came to the States? He was better received here than he was there, which was his reason for coming here. Hmm. Yeah. Um, interesting fact, he actually was accepted into the Royal College as well as a violin major, um, but was then given a scholarship for composition. And that's when his whole life of composing began. Yeah, and in that day, his mother, uh, English, his father originally from Africa. Yeah. And uh, what he did was, was just so amazing. And he was, he was singular. Yeah, definitely. Well, well, tell me about why you chose these two pieces that we're going to hear from this whole series of 24. Yes. So I actually chose the last three in the entire set. And um, sometimes I feel like a motherless child I was exposed to when I was um, the church pianist um, uh -huh. down in Southern Utah during my undergrad. And a saxophone player came and was like, we're going to play this piece. And I was like, what is this? And he was very <laughs> surprised that I did not know what the spiritual was. It was stunningly beautiful. And I was obsessed. Mm. And then, like I said, I accompanied the women's choir playing Steal Away. And the fact that I saw them, 22 and 23 together, I was like, okay. I'm playing these. It's a sign. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's hear this. Uh, I think our, our listeners will recognize the melodies here, but these are arranged and put into the piano idiom in a different way than we've heard before. Samuel Coleridge Taylor's Opus 59, and we're listening to Sasha Bainson. 
Sasha Bainson performing Steal Away, and before that, Sometimes I Feel Like a Motherless Child. From Samuel, Samuel Coleridge Taylor's 24 Negro Spirituals, that's his Opus 59. Beautifully done. And I, I've heard those tunes before, but not those arrangements. I was very excited to hear this performed today. Last but certainly not least, we're speaking with Candace Winterton. She's been a dedicated pianist for 17 years, earned her bachelor's from the U of U, and will soon begin her master's music studies at Brigham Young University. Candace has taught private lessons since age 12 and continues up to the present time. Her goal is to become a university professor of music, passionately sharing her talents with her students and everyone around her. Candace, so glad you're here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. And I have to ask, teaching since age 12... Yes. So did you have students who were older than you, taller than you? I did. Not when I was 12. I taught people that were younger than me, just beginning students. Mm -hmm. But I have had students that were maybe like five, ten years older than me. So, which was interesting, but it worked out. It was fun. You know, you can learn something from everyone. Just interesting to have the confidence at at that age. Did you you feel like... Well, I know how to do this. I'll just or, or did you, was it with some trepidation that you started? Well, my grandmother was my first teacher, Dr. Bonnie Winterton, and she had always um, kind of wanted us to teach, start teaching young, young. It's a good way to earn money as a pianist, and so she kind of gave me the idea to start teaching, and she um, she helped me get through, you know, how to teach a first lesson and all that, and so so she was a, a big contributor in that, but. Um, yeah. You so. were on your way. <laughs> yeah, it was good. So let me ask you, because I've been I've looked at music when pianists come in and I've seen as as you were warming up just briefly, I've seen all of these markings on the music. Now the composer <laughs> yeah. already put piano and forte and all of that. So what are the different pencil colors and what are all the different notes to yourself that are on the music? So a lot of those are my teacher's notes from from the past, but then some of them are things that she'll tell me in my lessons and I'll make a quick reminder to myself, don't forget to do this or, you know, and the colors are not so much, um, they don't mean anything necessarily. Um, I respond more personally to like just pencil, but the red, you know, it's just, I guess, really important. Like you missed this before, so don't miss it again kind of thing. <laughs> do good here. Well, let me ask you about this piece you're about to play. It's uh, the first movement of the, of this piece. Uh, Maurice Ravel wrote it for a competition. He yes. entered it. He didn't win, even though he was the only one who entered. How does that yeah, happen? Yeah, it was kind of funny reading about that, actually. So it had to be a certain amount of measures, a certain length. And he uh. missed it by like three or four measures, I think. It was really small that he missed it by. So they just said, you know, you're done. You didn't follow the requirements, so you can't be in this competition anymore. Darn those measure counters. I know. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> well, he found a good use for this piece. Yeah, it was still it successful. With... So it's his sonatine pour le piano. Let's hear this now by Candace Winterton. She'll be here playing three movements, Modere, the Minuet, and Anime.
Maurice Ravel's Sonatine pour le piano, all three movements, played by Candace Winterton, live on Highway 89. We started off in France with Debussy, then Samuel Coleridge-Taylor took us to England and the U.S., and ending up back in France with Ravel. Our performers today are students at the University of Utah and played beautifully. Kate Poulton, Sasha Bainson, and Candace Winterton, thank you each for coming. And don't forget, we love to hear from you, our listeners. Please send your comments and questions by email to highway89 at byu.edu. Our Instagram and Twitter feed is at byuh89. Highway 89 is a production of BYU Broadcasting in Provo, Utah. Our recording engineer is Mark Waite. Our producer is Jackie Tateishi. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Thanks for listening.